listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Five things I want to show you today, how to end your year, finish your year in strength, how to finish strong. Um, It's important to talk about this because there are so many people who think that life just gives you whatever it gives you, and then you just deal with it that life is somehow its own entity, (laughs) that it's like a living being (laughs) and life is not a living being. It is what you make it. It is, you can define your future by your faith. We believe that. And Kim Howard, we are going to pray. In fact, I'll pray right now. Father, touch Kim. I take authority over that flu, that issue she's been dealing with. I lose healing virtue into her body. Be made whole, Kim, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, Life is defined by the word of God and by faith. We believe that totally. And so uh, we don't approach life the way that unbelievers do. We don't approach life uh, like people who don't have a covenant with God and like those who are uh, doubters or unbelievers. We stay on the word. We stand on the word. We confess the word. We live the word and we let faith define our future. So Um, I want to give you five things today that'll help you. Maybe this is the best year you've ever had. Maybe you're going through a a tax this year. I want to show you how you can finish the year strong. I'm going to pray at the end of the broadcast for everybody that needs miracles. And so, uh, if you have a prayer request, please put it in the comments and we are going to pray for you by the end of the broadcast. Uh, five keys that will cause you to finish your year in strength. And I was, I was, uh, really preaching on Sunday about this. I talked about the fact that God can move quickly in your family. God can move very quickly in your family. And, uh, I talked about the fact that when, uh, Obed Edom housed the Ark of the covenant at his house on his property for three months, this is in second Samuel six, uh, in only three months, everything that he had was blessed everything that he had increased. And so it doesn't take God long to bless you. It doesn't take God long to turn your story around. God can do it in less than 24 hours. And so we're setting our faith that this is going to be the strongest end to a year we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, throw some hands up in the comments section, because that's our, that is our declaration. It's going to be the strongest end to a year that we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so how do you do that? Because it's not, it's not random. Doesn't happen by accident. It happens by design. It happens by design. And, uh, if maybe you're watching or listening, maybe you've heard people teach, you know, well, God does what he desires. He does what he sovereignly wills to do. Yeah. He wills to bless you. He wants to bless you. Doesn't want to curse you doesn't want to hurt you, doesn't want you to struggle. He's provided help in the time of need. And so if he didn't, by the way, then what's the point of all these commands in scripture, like Hebrews 4, 16, you know, to boldly approach the throne of grace that we might, we might find help. 
What's the point of, of that? Why are we being commanded to boldly approach the throne for help if he doesn't want to help? You know, look at verses like James 5. Are there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church who will anoint them with oil and lay their hands upon them and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise. What's the point of that? If God doesn't want you to be healed, if God doesn't want you to uh, walk in victory. No, he absolutely does. He wants you to walk and live in victory and finish the year strong. And God desires to see his children in a place of victory. He doesn't want you struggling like the rest of the world. And so, wow, praise God, Renee, what a testimony. When I was in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and God healed you from rheumatoid arthritis. That's a wonderful testimony. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So let me give you these five things. And I want you to write them down. I want you to put them in your notes. And, uh, and, and keep these in your spirit because these will, these will truly change. These are massive things that will truly change the trajectory of your life. Maybe you're on a downward trend. Change it. Change it by the power of the Holy Ghost, by instruction, by obedience. So that you don't have to learn by destruction. You can learn by instruction. So let's get going. Number one, the first key that will help you to end the year strong is to get fresh instruction from the Spirit of God. Number one, get fresh instruction from the Spirit of God. Let me say it again. It's so important. Get fresh instruction from the Word of God. That's got to be number one. God blesses what He commands. God He empowers what he commands. My desire is not to do whatever I want to do. My desire is to do what God wants me to do. I've always found that if I would just do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do, there's strength and power involved in that. And then the things that I'm believing to take place, they begin to manifest quickly because I'm walking in obedience to a word that I've received from the Lord. He, he empowers what he commands. He empowers what he commands. I, I remember uh, reading to you a few uh, days ago, really, the uh, passage here in Isaiah 1, verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Obviously written to Israel, Judah. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That's the key. The Lord is looking for people whose hearts are turned toward him so that he can show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. And so here's the key. The key becomes, I need God to give me instruction. I need a leading and a guiding from the Lord. It's just like supernatural GPS. I need to know what he's saying. Where do I go? Where do I turn next? And when you get that instruction for your life and then obey it, things begin to not only fall into place, but you start to see victory on every side. Breakthroughs. You didn't have to try. You didn't even have to try. The breakthroughs just start happening because you're walking in obedience to the word that God gave you. You say, well, how do I get to that place? How do I get to the place where um, I get fresh instruction from the Lord? Well, number one, you pray. You pray. He'll answer you when you pray. It might take some fasting. 
fasting and prayer. And what that does, and of course, if you've not gotten it, I wrote, I wrote an entire book on fasting. It's called a complete guide to biblical fasting. We released it before the year began because I want people to understand that God has a plan to speak to you. And it's time for us to, uh, many of us need to suppress the flesh. <laughs> the flesh can be the number one, uh, hindrance to you, not only hearing from God, but, uh, operating in the power of God because the Bible teaches us that the flesh is at war with the spirit. It's constantly, the King James says, lusteth against the flesh or against the spirit. That's Galatians five 17. They're, they're contrary to one another. They're fighting one another. So if your flesh is in control, your spirit's not leading. Let me say that again. If your flesh is in control, your spirit is not leading. One of the things not the only thing, but one of the things that fasting accomplishes is that it weakens the flesh. It moves the flesh out of the way so that the spirit can take control. (laughs) Mike said, good news is I felt to start a fast tomorrow and you confirmed bad news. I enjoy food. I feel you. I feel you. And when you're looking for fresh instructions, as Mike said, you have to get that flesh out of the way. Why? Because the flesh is like a filter that keeps you from hearing God. There's people that are so flesh driven, so carnally minded that they've missed the voice of the Lord. It's not that God's not speaking. God speaks. It's just that many people, they've lost their signal, if you will, by allowing the flesh to lead. Good morning, Tanya. And so if we want fresh instruction, it's going to take prayer and it's going to take, in some cases, fasting and prayer. And it's not a bad idea to, do, to add fasting and prayer to your schedule because it's something that Jesus expects of his followers. Add, you know, two, three days a month into your routine and begin to seek God in fasting and prayer. And as you do, watch what God will do for you. Watch as you begin to start to hear what you haven't heard in a long time. As you subdue the flesh and let the spirit take control of your life. Well, what, what happens? What takes place um, as you uh, do that? Well, when you hear a word from God, it changes everything, everything. Because notice this, when God gives you a word, so, so powerful, when God gives you a word, as I said earlier, he empowers what he commands. So let me give you a few biblical examples of that. Remember when Peter is in the boat and Jesus comes walking on the water? I've always had a personal belief that when Jesus came walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come out to you. Command me to come out to you. And all Jesus said was, come. It was a command. But notice Jesus empowers what he commands. And so Peter steps out of the boat, something no disciple had ever done and stands on the water and begins to walk to Jesus, walking on the water, doing the impossible. It's always been my belief that Peter was walking, not on the water, on the word of God, walking on the word of God. And as he did that, doing the impossible, 
here, because here's the question. Could he have done that if Jesus didn't command him to? No. The answer is no. We have no other record of Peter walking on the water any other time. Never. And so could Peter have accomplished it without the command of Christ? No. And so you see that Jesus empowers what he commands. And Peter was walking on the instruction, the command of Christ. So here's the, here's the thing. Peter's the one that said that. If it's really you, command me. What was Peter looking for? An instruction. I need an instruction so that I can be empowered to do what God's called me to do. And when Peter got that instruction, he, t- he began to obey it immediately, stepped out and began to do the impossible. From what? An instruction. An instruction from the Lord. When you receive an instruction from the Lord, it allows you to do the impossible. And it, it's, it's so supernatural because a lot of times you'll get something from the Lord that you had no previous plans to do. Wasn't in your mind, wasn't in your spirit. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will lead you in a certain direction. He'll lead you in a certain direction. And you know it, it that it's the Holy Ghost. You have witness in your spirit. You know it's him. And then you step out to obey it. And then supernatural things begin to happen. Because he's empowering what he commands. Whether that be an instruction to move somewhere and then doors start to open for you. Uh, or it's an instruction on your career. Whatever it might be. And as you obey it, you can see the manifestation. Doors start opening. Things start turning. God begins to work because of the fact you obeyed his instruction. Stuff that seems impossible. I remember thinking about this from, I believe it's Joshua chapter three. Remember the people of Israel are getting to the edge of the Jordan river. And it's one of those seasons where the river is overflowing its banks because it's the harvest season. So the river's like rushing. There's no way to get everybody across, not with, the, not with their livestock and their children and their elderly people. It is rushing and it's a swollen river because of the time of the year it is. But the Lord gives them an instruction through the prophet that what they need to do is let the priests who are bearing the ark of God, they're holding the ark of the, of the covenant on their shoulders, let them go out first into the, into the riverbed and then you'll be able to cross. So what they do is they obey that instruction from the Lord. They're, they're in front of an impossible situation. Then they get that instruction. Let the priests who are carrying the ark go out first. Amen. That's, the anointing goes first. Josh, it's Joshua chapter three. It's very powerful. And um, I want you to see this. In Joshua chapter three, if you have your Bible, listen to this. He gives them that instruction first. Let the priests go out with the Ark of the Covenant and let their feet touch the bank. Look at, and look at verse 15, Joshua three fifteen. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. The waters coming down from above stood, rose up in a heap 
very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down towards the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over on dry ground. Think about that. That when they obeyed an instruction from the Lord, they stepped out into an impossible situation, a rushing mighty river that there was no way to cross. The water that was flowing down with such force just stood right up, stood up straight. And the rest of the water just flowed on down. And all that was left was dry ground. And they walked across. The priest stood in the middle of the riverbed with the ark and the entire nation of Israel passed through on dry ground. And then the priest followed them at the end. Did the impossible. Did the impossible. Because they obeyed an instruction from the Lord. That's why it is so vitally important that if we're going to end this year strong, we've got to get a fresh instruction from the Holy Ghost. Maybe, maybe you haven't been operating by an instruction from the Lord. Maybe you've just been coasting through your Christian life. Maybe you've kind of been wandering. It's time to hear the voice of God, get fresh instruction and begin to do what we're called to do. As we do that, watch and see the, what God commands. He empowers the empowerment of God is coming on you in these final three months of 2021 in the mighty name of Jesus for every person that hears the instruction of the Holy spirit, the empowerment of God is coming upon your life in the final three months. And you're getting ready to go across and cross over into 2022 in supernatural victory, supernatural victory in Jesus name. If you believe it, shout amen. Number two, the second thing, that you have to do to end this year strong, must do, is you've got to begin to say what the word of God says. Here's where I see a lot of Christians failing, is in this key. They do not say what the word of God says. They, they do not say what the word of God says. Blows my mind. It blows my mind. Listen, a, a man that I know that's been around the, the faith message as in a minister position, in a ministerial position for decades and decades and decades. He's heard the word of faith preached so many times. It's, you can't even count. You can't even count. He's older now. And he said out of his own mouth, I don't understand why anybody that's a Christian who understands faith, understands confession, understands these things would talk like this said out of his own mouth. Well, you know, if I get that virus and I go to the hospital, I'm just going, I'm just going to go to heaven. That was his confession. That was his confession. Here's a man of faith who knows the word, who knows faith, who's heard faith for decades. We're not talking about a baby Christian. We're talking about somebody in a ministerial position who knows faith and knows the word of God that came out of their mouth. Well, if I get this virus and if I go to the hospital, I'm just going to go to heaven. That was their confession. And even the, even the, uh, a lady that was near him working in the church said, seriously, pastor, and wasn't the senior pastor, but working in the church with him, he was one of the associate pastors. Really pastor, that's your confession. She asked him that it pricked her spirit. Hearing him say that pricked her spirit. She said, seriously, pastor, that's going to be your confession after all you know, after all that you've heard. He said, oh, well, yeah. 
you know, it doesn't matter to me. That's where he's at. That's where he's at. Now I don't say, I'm saying this because I'm praying for him. I need a miracle. We need a miracle because he ended up after he said, then he got, then he got it. Now he's, he's in a hospital right now in a coma right now. He needs a miracle. We're praying. I'm gonna pray for him again today, but he needs a miracle. But why would you speak like that? You've got to say what the word of God says. Say what the word of God says. If you are going to finish this year strong, your confession has to line up with this. You don't say what the world is saying. You say what the word of God says. Stop saying what the world is saying. Stop saying what coworkers are saying. Stop saying what the news is saying. Say what the word of God says. Confess it. Confess it. Yeah, exactly, Matt. We start the Christian life with confession. What makes people think it goes away afterward? It does not go away. We continue to confess. Don't let the enemy put stuff into your spirit and change what you say, change what comes out of your mouth. And here's the thing, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak the Bible. Jesus said that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So that means that whatever you're filling your heart with is coming out as your confession. And so if, if what you're filling your heart with is the news all the time, that's why I don't turn the news on. That's not going to be my meditation. That's not going to be the abundance of my heart. You think I care about some contrived message that is obviously planned. Have you ever seen those? Raise your hand in the comments if you've ever seen those YouTube videos where they take all those news programs from across the country and they sync them all up in one window and they're all saying the same thing. All of them. Because they've been dictated to about what to say. It's like verbatim. I don't know if you've ever seen those YouTube videos. It's verbatim. You know why? They're being handed a script. Here's the agenda. Here's what you tell the American people. And they say it. And we're going to sit around and let that fill our hearts. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be my uh, confession. Why? Because some person with an antichrist spirit put out an agenda, put out propaganda and wants you to get that in your mind and get, let that control you. No. That is not controlling me. That's not going to stay in my heart and fill my heart. My mouth is going to speak because I'm filling my heart with the word of God, with faith. I listen to faith preaching, faith teaching, and I read the word of God. It's filling me. That's what's going to come out of me. Not some message from some antichrist bozo feeding a narrative to all these talking heads. I'm not, I don't have any time for that. No time for that. Not letting my spirit be filled up with that nonsense. And then I get around people. Oh, did you hear about oh, such and such? Did you hear about what they're doing? Oh, did, can you believe what's going on? I don't know. I'm not talking. I'm going to be like the woman in Second Kings. It is well. How's it going? It is well. I don't care if the devil's attacking. It is well. Because the devil's a liar. It is well in Jesus' name. It is well. It is well. It is well. That's how I talk. That's how you talk. That's how the victory tribe talks. I'm not struggling. The struggle's not real. The struggle is over in Jesus' name. Oh, you just pray for me. Struggle. struggle ain't real. Struggle's over. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I'm not the tail. I'm the head. Wherever I go, I expect blessing to follow me. I expect goodness and mercy to follow me. 
all the days of my life. Not some of the days, all the days. Goodness and mercy will follow me. I expect signs and wonders to follow me. Why? I am a believer. I am a believer. Signs and wonders will follow me. Goodness and mercy, signs and wonders. Goodness and mercy, signs and wonders. That's what's following me. I don't turn around and see turmoil. I don't turn around and see trouble. Signs and wonders, goodness and mercy are following me. That's right, Tanya. If you're in Christ, you're not in crisis. As my father's preached for years, you don't have a crisis, you have a Christ. Signs and wonders, goodness and mercy follow you for the rest of your life. Say what the word says. Let God's word get in your mouth. Let faith be built up in your heart and then speak from what you have in your spirit. Speak from what you have in your spirit, man. Not what somebody on the news is saying, not what some coworkers saying, not what government leaders are saying, not what the culture is saying, especially because they'll shut you down quick. They'll shut you down quick. You got to say what the word of God says. You say what the word of God says. You don't call yourself sick. You don't call yourself poor. You don't say you're struggling. You don't declare that stuff. I'm not saying that over me. It's not who I am. So either God's a liar or the situation's a lie. You see what I'm saying? When the enemy tries to attack you and then tries to define you through the attack, you reject that. My identity is not the identity of uh, poverty, sickness, struggle. Well, you know, depression runs in our family. We're just a very depressed family. No, no. The joy of the Lord is your strength and, and depression has no part in you or in me. Neither does anxiety, neither does sickness or disease, neither does poverty. Keep that in mind. Don't accept an identity that's defined by an attack. Just that right there is so good that if people would keep that in their spirit, it would change their life. Don't accept an identity that's defined by attacks. Just because you got attacked doesn't mean that's who you are. Just because the devil comes at you and tries to put depression on you, don't go say, well, you know, I, I battle depression. That's who, you know. No, stop defining your identity based on an attack. Well, you know, sicknesses run through our Stop saying that. Let your identity be defined by what God has done in you and what he says about you. No, I'm not. You know what runs in my family? Divine health. That's what runs in my family. It's in, did you know it's impossible for cancer to run in my family? Because divine health runs in my family. Did you know that it's impossible for depression to run in my family and in my house? Because supernatural, overwhelming joy runs in my family. That's why. Why, why is that? I'll tell you why it is. Because I'm part of a new family. New bloodline. Absolutely. So I say what the word of God says, not what somebody else says, not what the culture thinks, not what the government thinks, not, none of that. Keep your mouth on the word of God. Till, I mean, we're going to cross over. You keep declaring, we're going to cross over into 2022, a year of divine possession, a year of divine possession, a year of divine possession, 
getting it into your spirit. Now it's a year of divine possession. We're going to possess what we've never possessed in 2022. We will possess what we've never possessed in 2022 in Jesus mighty name. We will possess what we've never possessed in 2022. You just get your faith on it right now. Get your faith on it right now. Get ready. Maybe you've never bought a home. Let 2022 be the first year you've ever owned a home. You'll possess what you've never possessed in Jesus name. It is our year of divine possession. I'm letting you in on it early. 2022 is our year of divine possession. Just so you know, just so you know, you'll have what you've never had. You'll see come to pass what you've never had come to pass. Divine possession is ours in Jesus name. Let me give you number three. Number one, we need fresh instruction from the Holy Ghost. Number two, we need to say what the word of God says. Number three, we need to step up slash step out. It's not enough to have an instruction. You've also got to take new action. Take new action. Things you've never done before, it's time to do them. The business you've always thought about starting, start it. If you felt to go into ministry, then go either get studying for ministry or start up in ministry if you've already been studying. Whatever it is, it's time to step up and step out. Step up and step out. God bless you, Geraldine. Love you. It's Nona Jerry. Love you so much. It's time to take action. You can't just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Well, I was thinking about flipping house and flip a house and let God bless you. Well, I was thinking about doing a rental, do a rental property and let God bless you. Well, I was thinking about starting my own business. I've got this great business plan. Then start it, start it. Don't talk about it. Do it. If God's given you an instruction, step out and do it and watch as he blesses you. You can't talk about it for 10 years. You got to do it. And I'm going to tell you when God does give you an instruction that here's one of the things people need to understand that there is no maintenance mode in the kingdom of God. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. You're either advancing or you're retreating. You're either increasing or you're decreasing. That's it, Denise. Step up and step out. That's the word. We're either increasing or we're decreasing. You watch this now. You can't ignore an instruction from the Lord and then just keep on living life as, as normal, as usual. Because watch this, the moment you ignore an instruction from the Lord, you now have stepped into disobedience. This is, man, this is huge. And I wish people would catch this. You can't say, yeah, I love what you've given me before, Lord. I love these instructions. This one here that you just gave me though, I'd prefer not to go that direction. No, it doesn't work that way. The moment you ignore an instruction from the Lord, then you have stepped over into disobedience and God can't bless disobedience. It's sin. So, so watch this now. I'll give you the, the example. Cause I told you yesterday about, I've talked a little bit and I talked on Sunday about it, about uh, my wife and I getting the, the instruction to move here to Florida from Virginia. Well, the moment I got the instruction and the Lord said, you're to move. I can't say to God, you know, I'm his servant. <laughs> 
So I can't say to God, like, well, Lord, I appreciate all the instructions you've given me in the past, but my wife and I are just going to go ahead and choose not to obey that one. We're just going to choose to stay right here in Virginia where we've always been. And we're not going to obey that instruction, but we want you to keep on blessing us. Doesn't work that way. The moment you get an instruction from the Lord, you either obey it and increase or you ignore it and begin to decrease and begin to lose ground. The moment you miss an instruction or you ignore an instruction, decrease begins because you're in disobedience and disobedience always brings decrease and destruction. Always. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. Always. And that's why it's time to step up and step out because if we're getting fresh instruction from the Lord, then that means there's going to be fresh action that needs to be taken. Fresh instruction equals fresh action. Put that in the comments today. Fresh instruction equals fresh action. Has to be that way. It has to be that way. I've had people tell us, you know, Carolyn too. People have told me and Carolyn, man, you guys really move fast on stuff. Like when you, you feel to do something, you just do it. Yes, because we understand this principle right here. That if God says to do it, then get started and just do it. Just do it. There's people that wait. Well, I don't have all the things in place yet. And I don't do it with what you have now. Do it with what you have now. Right? Don't wait until you have all the pieces in place. Let God provide the pieces as you step forward and obey. And he will because God pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. I remember way back at the beginning of our ministry, the most faith I had was to step out on on an instruction because the Lord started opening doors for us to preach the gospel on the radio. And I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have any of that stuff. I didn't even have, not only did I not have equipment, I didn't even have money to pay radio bills. But the Lord opened two doors at once at the very beginning of our ministry. And um, I said, you know what? I'm going to just step out and obey. Since God opened the doors, he must want it to be done. And so I stepped out and I said, man, we're going to do this. Soon as I said it, that we're going to do this, we're doing it. Somebody came up to me and asked the question because I announced it at a church. Like, you know, I announced it like it was done. I was like, hey, we're going on the radio. God's opened the doors and we're going to preach through New England, Virginia, North Carolina, whatever. And um, as soon as I said it, we're doing it. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, how much does it cost you to go on that radio that you're talking about? And I told him how much it was. And they said, well, the Lord spoke to me to write you a check to pay for a whole month of your radio bills and wrote one check, paid the whole month. I went to dinner that night after that had happened. And I got a call from a preacher. He said, Hey, I heard you're going on the radio. I don't even know how he found out. He said, I heard you're going on the radio. He said, how much does it cost for you to go on the radio each month? And I told him, he said, I'm going to send them, send the uh, money. I'm going to wire you money. And it's going to pay two months of your radio bills paid two months right up front. And then I got a call from someone else. How much does it cost for you to go on the radio? I I told him how much send another month to pay the whole month. So without me doing anything except obeying what the Lord said to do four months paid in full within like two days time, two days time. 
I didn't have to raise the money. I didn't have to step say, how many will get? I am nothing wrong with doing that, but I didn't even have to because just by saying yes to the Lord, by stepping up and stepping out, notice what happened. God pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. And instantly within literally, I would say it was less than 36 hours back to back that God did it. He opened the doors and three months were paid within three hours. Think about that. Three months paid in three hours. All I did was say yes to the instruction of God. That's it. That is it. Just step up, step out, say yes to the instruction of God. And then God does the rest. He's, he's not looking for you to provide for yourself. He's not looking for you to open doors for yourself. He's just get looking for you to obey what he said to do. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That's the word. And it came to pass so quick. And it's been like that for our whole ministry, our whole ministry. You know, this studio that I'm sitting in right now, nobody knew we were getting this. We didn't announce it on the broadcast that we were getting this space and all, all this stuff. We didn't say anything about it. We never wrote to any partners about it. We never sent it out in a, in a newsletter. None of that. We just signed the papers, moved our gear in, which was all cash paid for, moved our gear in. And do you know that somebody sent a check without knowing anything that was going on? And when, when we opened the check, it paid the whole year of this building in one check. And it happened again the next year. So that was last year. And that happened again this year. It's worked that way for our whole ministry. Anything God's told us to do, anything he's asked us to do, it's just open doors. Why? Because when he gives the instruction, he empowers what he commands. God pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. And so we stepped in. There's been zero pressure of any kind. And that's how it works. When you do just the things, listen to me now. Just the things that God tells you to do. There's no pressure. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's not expecting you to carry the load. He carries the load. He carries the load. I want you to think about this. We went on television by faith and all the, you know, now we're on in 180 nations. Now we're getting ready to expand uh, to different stations that will cover 90 million more homes plus 39 million more people. And, and literally, we've been on television now for what, a, a year and something? I don't know. Something like that. Not even probably. But can I say something with all the stuff we're doing? There's not been one ounce of pressure. Not one. Not one. You don't, have, you don't see me get on here every day like, we, you know, this, I've never had to do, a, this is not a telethon. I don't throw up an 800 number at the bottom. If you could call right now, we need a thousand people to sew a $58. I don't, I don't have to do that. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. You know what? There's no pressure to pay our employees. You know why? Because we've only, only, we've only ever hired who God told us to hire. We've only ever hired who God told us to hire. And so there's no pressure to pay our employees. We just pay them. There's no pressure to pay the bills. We just pay them because we're only involved in what God's told us to be involved in. We only answer instructions. <laughs> PBS made possible by viewers like you. And I'm just telling you, 
We don't depend on people. We, we depend on the Lord. I thank God because he's the one that sends people. I thank God for every person in the victory tribe because every one of, I believe God has divinely connected us. No question about that. I believe God has divinely connected you and me. Or you wouldn't be here every day like you are. And you're a blessing to me. You're a blessing to Carolyn. We pray for you. You pray for us. That's because God connected us. Amen. Notice everybody's not on the broadcast every day, jumping on to, to like slam what I'm preaching and, you know, jump on to like mock there. Everybody that's, that's here is hungry, is hungry and is seeking the presence of God. That's a blessing. You're a blessing. And if I, if I think about this, if I never would have even obeyed the Lord to begin doing these broadcasts on a daily basis, because he, he moved us into this direction, then we wouldn't even be connected like we are. Because we would not have found each other if I would have not just obeyed the instruction to do what the Lord told me to do. At the beginning, I was like, man, I got to speak every day of the week for an hour and a half or whatever it is. I got to speak every day. There's people that still to this day ask me, they're like, man, you, you honestly go on for almost two hours and speak every single day. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, don't you ever run out of any things to say? <laughs> People ask me that, don't, don't you, don't you run out of things to say? Oh, I haven't yet. The souls that have said, exactly the souls. You think about people's lives that are changed and it's nothing to do with me except I said, yes, I just said, yes, I know. Amen. Like I mentioned yesterday, the testimonies that came back because I clearly heard the Lord say last year in March, when I got back from Detroit, do those spirit of faith sessions every single night and don't stop until I tell you. So we did two broadcasts a day, two a day, 1030. And then at night it was like nine o'clock or something. And then we moved on and I kept on doing it until the Lord said, stop. And that was the Holy ghost. And I got testimony after testimony that came in, you know, it, it was just supernatural. It's, it's amazing. And God did it. God did it. We step up and we step out. And when we do, the Lord blesses us. The Lord blesses us. Let me give you number four. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. If you have prayer requests, get them in because I want to pray for miracles at the end of this. We're finishing 2021 strong. We're not limping into the new year. We are running. What was our word for this year? We're going to run in 2021. And my friends, we have run. We have run. Supernaturally, we have run. This is a big one. Are you ready for this? Write it down. Number four, fourth key to finishing the year strong, limit the voices in your life. Put it in the notes, put it down, write it in the comments, limit the voices in your life. Cause I'm gonna show you right here what some of those voices will sound like if we let them, you ready for this? Here's what some voices around us sound like. <laughs> oh Lord, this is exactly what they sound like in 2021 still. Second Kings seven. And I'm starting in verse one. Here's what voices can sound like if you don't limit them. You ready? But Elisha said in the midst of famine, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord tomorrow about this time, a of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. 
and two sayers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the captain, on whose hand the king leaned, said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, how could this thing be? But he said, Oh, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you'll not eat any of it. Think about that. This is an influential man. Here's somebody that people look up to. Well, this is the king's right-hand man. What's he have to say about it? I don't know about that, Elisha. If God put windows in heaven, could this word even come to pass? That's the kind of voices that'll try to enter your life if you let them. And I, I don't have, I have zero people in my life like that. Zero. Because I understand the importance. I, I understand the importance of who is in my life. Who's speaking? What are they saying around me? It's Pastor Brian Tomes. I see him right in the comments section. I wouldn't hang with Pastor Brian Tomes if he was speaking like this all the time. If I went up to Crossroads where we're getting ready to go on Saturday and it starts on Sunday, I wouldn't go up there and hang with him if he was sitting around, well, you know, Brother Ted, I know you preach that miracles, signs and wonders and the blessing of God. and the pre- But, you know, I don't really know if really all of that is for today. I think, you know, God stopped doing a lot of that. And the- I wouldn't hang with him if he talked like that, live like that. I don't have people in my life like that. Bye. <laughs> I'll love you from afar. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not hanging with people that have a negative word about the future. A negative word about what God can do. A negative word about, I don't need that. Life's too short. God's moving. I don't need that in my life. The people in my life are going to be faith people. They're going to speak faith, live faith, show faith, encourage others with faith, increase in faith. That's right. Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's who I need. And so if you've got people around you that all they do is speak fear. <laughs> Pastor Brian said, la who's a hers? <laughs> In the Ace Ventura voice. Pastor Jordan Work, I wouldn't hang around him if he was a doubt man. He's a faith man. Pastor Brian's a faith man. Pastor Nathan, faith man. I, I don't hang around doubt people. I hang around faith people. Amen. I don't need doubt. I don't need unbelief. I need faith. You see what I mean? And so I can love you from afar, but you don't have any, any access to speak in my life. None, none. And, and I'll tell you, there's people that won't cut this out. There's people that will not cut this out of their life. You might look around right now and you've got people in your life that all they do is say what CNN says. It's all they do. They, they say what CNN says. They say what Fox News says. They say what the culture says. They don't speak the word. And they've got these voices that constantly try to bring doubt and shade to the things that God has already said. I don't need, if you don't agree, it's like get in, get out, or get run over. But it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not with that. I'll tell you what I'm with. This, this is where I'm at. They are abusive relationships. I'm like Joshua in the Old Testament. Let's draw the line across the camp. Let's, let's draw the line across the camp. If you're on the Lord's side, get on this side of the camp. If you want to go serve other things like the culture, the antichrist system and agenda, go to that side of the camp. Go over there. I don't want you over here. Go over there. <laughs> get over there. Get 
Get over there. I don't, I don't want you over here. I want you over there. And Joshua brought separation. Who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? If you're going to be on the Lord's side, then stand over here and speak what we speak and believe like we believe and live like we live. If you don't want it, go, you know what I'm saying? It's like, go do your thing then. Stop trying to infect my thing with your thing. I ain't part of that. I ain't part of that system. I'm not part of that life. No, that, that ain't me. I don't sit around waiting for every press briefing from the White House. That ain't for me. I don't sit around waiting for every headline from CNN. That ain't for me. Go somewhere else with that nonsense. I believe what the word of God says. The word over the world. Kingdom over culture. Who's on the Lord's side? Because it's bigger than just like, well, that's your preference. It's bigger than preference. Well, that's just your version of Christianity. It's not a version of Christianity. It's not a version of Christianity. There's a separation. I say what God says. If you want to serve the Lord, come serve him. You You realize, don't you, that it's displeasing to God. <laughs> Pastor Brian said, just move to New York or California if you're going to be that way. You realize, don't you, it's displeasing to God when you begin to say things that are contradictory to what he's already said. That's displeasing to God because you're saying that the word of God's not true or that it's not enough to supersede what's going on in life. It's not enough to supersede what's going on in life. So when you start to connect your words with things that contradict God's word, it's displeasing to God because it's us saying this word's not enough. His power's not enough. His grace is not enough. His anointing's not enough. And I refuse to live that way. And so you know what I do? I limit the voices in my life. Limit them. I won't even listen to every preacher preach. I've walked out of services before. Y'all think I'm joking. I have left churches. I've walked straight out in the middle of the preacher preaching. Leaned over to Carolyn. I said, hey, on the next opportunity, get your purse. We're out. We're out. I started listening to what the preacher was saying. Foolishness. Straight up foolishness. I was like, I ain't sticking around for that. I'm sticking around to hear him bash the goodness of God and hear him bash the, 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 the single fold uh, nature of God's um, character and his plan for life, making God double-minded. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And so you know what we did? Carolyn got her purse. And the next opportunity, we stood up off the front row and as quietly as possible, down the aisle, out the back, into the car, we went home. <laughs> Because guess what? I ain't sticking around for that. I ain't sitting there on the front row and putting my stamp of approval on the whatever nonsense that somebody's saying that's against the word of God, against faith, mocking God. Now, I, I don't do that. Obviously, that was an extreme case because he was mocking characteristics and na- the nature of God. And I wasn't sticking around for it because I stand for that. I, my ministry stands for that uh, nature and character of God that we preach. It's so graded against my spirit. I couldn't stick around. I had to go. I, I'm limiting the voices in my life. I don't listen to everybody preach. I don't listen to preachers preach on YouTube because they're popular. If you don't have a word of faith in your mouth, I don't, I don't care to hear what you have to say. I don't, 
You know, one of the most popular things you can hear preachers preach about now, the struggle. How many know God's bringing you through a problem because he's teaching you how to get dirty. He's adding some age to your mess so you can have a message. There's people that have actually said that he's adding age to your mess so you can have a message. What a stupid, stupid thing to say. I heard a preacher actually preach from the passage. Uh, I heard, I heard a preacher preach from the passage where, uh, one of the, one of the, the, the parables, you know, the, the tree's not growing. So, uh, the master's like, we're going to cut the cre- the tree down. And in the Bible, the, the servant said, no, let's not cut the tree down, but let me dig around it. And let me put, let me put uh, fertilizer. Let me fertilize it uh, around the tree and we'll see, we'll give it another season to grow and see if it produces any fruit. <laughs> and this preacher actually brought that up and said, this was the message he preached on that. Sometimes in order to grow, God will put some crap on you. <laughs> that's actually, that's actually what he taught and preached from that passage. The man dug it up and put some fertilizer around it. He said, sometimes God has got to put some crap on you so you can grow. I thought, Lord have mercy. Is that your message? This is how God causes me to grow. He throws some crap on me. Some of y'all going through some crap, but God puts crap on you so you can grow and produce fruit. I think, oh my Lord Jesus, is that where we're going? That's how some people, that's, it gets everybody shouting because there's people going through crap and they think if they can believe it's God doing it, if it's God making it happen, then my, I'm right in the middle of what God wants. No, you're not in the middle of what God wants. <laughs> and so I limit the voices so that I don't hear somebody preaching to me that God's throwing crap on me to get me to grow. Unbelievable. Limit the voices. Limit the voices in your life. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremiah. That message stinks. And let me give you number five. And this is so important. And I'm telling you, I've gone to another level on this one. (laughs) That's true, Mike. (laughs) I've gone to a whole new level on this one. And that is this. Take them taking these last three months personally. I'm going to get more. This is number five. Get seed in the ground. We talked yesterday about due season. Get seed in the ground. What does that mean? If you don't have seed in the ground, you have no basis for any kind of harvest. No basis for any kind of harvest. And the Bible says due season in don't grow weary in well-doing. You know, what's interesting. We use that passage. Let's go to Galatians six. We use that passage all the time in church services, when we're talking to people, when we're counseling people, we use this passage all the time to encourage people to keep it up, keep up the good work, fight the fight of faith, all these different things, right? And we use that passage all the time. Uh, Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in well-doing. Well, here's an interesting thought from Galatians chapter six, where we find that verse of scripture. Is it interesting to you that the context of this passage is not just don't, uh, don't stop doing good in any area. Notice the area Paul was talking about 
when he said, don't grow weary in well-doing. Let me start reading in verse number six. Galatians 6, 6 through 10. Listen to this. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Look at verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap from the spirit eternal life. Look at verse nine. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Did you notice the context? What is the good it's telling them not to grow weary of? Sowing seed. That is the the context of this passage. Let us sow seed. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap and don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. I've always thought that was so interesting because it doesn't mean just, it doesn't mean just uh, don't get weary in doing good in any area. It's talking specifically, Paul's speaking about giving, getting seed in the ground. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. And what I made up in my mind is that uh, I'm going to get so much seed in the ground before this year comes to an end. This last, I know normally fall, if you go into the, any farm or you, you know around the world, fall is harvest season. Well, I'm going to declare harvest season, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a sowing season for me. I'm getting serious seed in the ground, serious seed in the ground. I just, uh, literally just on Sunday and Monday, I just dropped two big seeds, uh, in the ground. Not, I'm not talking about tithes. I'm not talking about tithes. We pay tithes all the time, all the time. But I'll tell you what I did. Uh, I sowed my seed, but then I sowed two more seeds. And, uh, as you know, we had pastor's appreciation on Sunday. I made sure to sow a large seed to our pastor. And I sowed another large seed to another minister who's a part of my, and I made sure it was not something normal. It was something big and I'm not done. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to get such seed into the ground. I have a seed set aside because, um, every year we have a new year's Eve service at our church. And at the new year's Eve service, we sow a seed believing for the upcoming year. And every year, one of my prayers has been, Carolyn and I, to Lord, let us sow the largest seeds. Well, let me just tell you something. We've already in 2021 sown the largest seed we've ever sown in the history of our lives by far. I mean, when we sowed this seed this year, thank you, Jerry, for sowing. When we sowed this seed this year, it was beyond, it was probably triple the largest seed we'd ever sown. It was triple the largest seed. And I'm not done. I'm not done. If if you remember me teaching on it, kingdom slice, hashtag kingdom slice. What goes out from my life to the kingdom will be the largest slice of the pie that leaves my house. Won't be my mortgage, won't be my car, won't be insurance, won't be vacations. It'll be the kingdom. And we sowed a seed that was so large, it made the devil's head spin. And I'm not done. 
I've got three months left where I'm getting seed in the ground. Like I'm telling you, my 2022 is going to be large. Your 2022 is going to be large. What's the final key? Get seed in the ground. Give God something to work with. Give God something to multiply. Give God something that'll set you up for abundance. And that's what I'm doing. And so I already sowed seed this week. I'm going to sow more. I've got, a, I've got a seed right now set aside for that New Year's Eve service that will, without question, be the largest New Year's Eve uh, seed that we have ever, ever sown. Ever. It'll be beyond. It's like 150% of last year's seed. It, it's it's going to be big. It's going to be, and it's going to keep getting bigger. I told you before, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it, easily sticking to this. I will sow a $1 million seed into the kingdom before this is over, before Jesus comes. I will sow a $1 million offering into the kingdom of God before this thing is over. I'm telling you, it's my goal. That's right. Mike said zero times zero will always be zero. No seed, no harvest. I totally agree. Get seed in the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm believing, Jerry. Million dollar seed to sow in Jesus' name. There's people that are looking to make a million dollars. I'm looking to give a million dollars away. That's my goal. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, now listen, get on this, get in on this with me, if you can. Get, get in on this with me. I'm believing, I'm not believing for myself in that way. I'm believing to be the one who pays churches off. I'm believing to be the one who pays houses off. I'm believing to be the one who uh, pays debts off for people, who provides for others. I'm not looking to be the taker. I'm looking to be the giver. I'm not the borrower. I'm the lender in Jesus' name. I'm the lender. I'm looking forward to the day where nobody will ever, ever have to say, uh, you know, we're going to, and, and I totally mean this. If, if, if a pastor was to stand up, if my pastor was to stand up and say, you know, we have a vision. This is where we're headed next. Uh, with the church, this is what we're doing. We're building a multi-purpose building. We're going to give people an opportunity to sow, to, to build this multi-purpose building. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that I'll stand up or come to his office and say, pastor, how much is that multi-purpose building? Oh, it's $7.2 million. No problem. Let me write the check. Let me write the check. It's exactly what I'm believing. It's exactly what I'm believing. The kind of increase that makes the devil angry, that makes the wicked angry. The Bible says it in Psalm 112, verse 10. The wicked will see your blessing and get angry and grind their teeth in anger and melt away. Get ready to be blessed. 2022 is our year of possession in Jesus' name. Divine possession. Divine possession. Catch it. Catch it. Put it in there, all caps, divine, 2022, divine possession. Put it in the comments, 2022, divine possession. Hallelujah. We're going to have what we've never had. Yes, Corey, special guest blessing and financial gift is considered a seed. Yes, of course it is. Of course it is. 2022, divine possession. Get ready. I'm just telling you now, get yourself in position for possession. Get yourself in position for possession. Step out and look at stuff you've never looked at before. 
Believe for levels you've never gone to before. Divine possession in 2022. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to let you take action on this right now. Take action on this right now. Maybe you've not sown a seed by faith in a while. Something that's literally shaking your spirit. Take today to do it. Sow a seed by faith and watch what the Lord will do. You know, I'm not ashamed to tell you that this is the kind of ground that I sow into. I sow into our ministry. Giving you an opportunity because we're seeing this generation shaken by the power of God. You're a part of it. That's why I said, I thank God for you. I thank God for your family. But it's time for those of us that are running into 2022 with divine possession, it's time to get seed in the ground like we never have. Finish this year in total strength. All the information is there on the screen. And again, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling it to you like Paul would tell you. There is no pressure. That's what I love about this ministry. There's never been any pressure. You just, all you have to do is do what the Lord tells you to do. I'm not asking you to do anything specific because there's no pressure. I don't have to stand up or sit down, whatever I do on this broadcast. I have to sit here and say, how many, no, I need, I need a thousand people that are watching that are, you can sow a $50. I don't have to do any of that. None of it. And God bless anybody that may do it. I don't do it. I don't need to do it. I don't need to do it. There is no pressure. And the Bible commands us. Paul commanded the church, don't give because of manipulation or pressure, but do with a cheerful heart, cheerful spirit. Praise God. Leslie said, the Lord spoke to me to up my monthly partnership. I'm doing it now. Praise God. Thank you. And I know you're going to be blessed and you are blessed. The information's on the screen. You can go to miracleword.com. If you want to do like Leslie and so many others are doing to partner with this ministry, go to miracleword.com. There's a page that says partner. You can click it in the menu and you can see all that we're doing there. You can fill out the form and you can stand with us at $85 or more each month. Maybe you're watching. You say, I can do that. I can do that. I can stand at least $85, $100, $200, whatever it is. I can do that. Step out by faith. And watch what God will do for you. Watch what God will do for you. If you'd like to use PayPal, it's available. Cash app is Zelle. Um, you can also give now by cryptocurrency. It's all available within the, uh, on the uh, website. You can use hashtag donate on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we consider partnership, Robert, to begin at $85 a month. That's where we consider our monthly partners to begin. Now you can sow monthly anything that you want, but you'll see all that explained, Robert, right on the website. If you go to miracleword.com and click partner, it explains all of it and what we're believing God for. This is live, Sandra. This is live. And so we're believing God because I'm telling you what we're getting ready to see God do, it's going to blow minds. And I mean that people are going to wonder when they see God do it, they're going to wonder how did that happen? How did that happen for you? That's what they're going to wonder. You know what that is? That's a wonder. If people don't know what signs and wonders are, people are like, what's a wonder? It's something that happens that makes people wonder. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That when God moves, they're like, I wonder how that happened. Yeah, it's a wonder. That's, that's what it is. Signs, wonders, miracles. Signs and wonders. God does thing by a, things by a sign and he can produce wonders. 
So when the, when the Red Sea parts and the whole uh, nation of Israel, two million plus people walk across on dry ground and people see that, I wonder how that happened. It's a wonder. <laughs> That's why it happened. That's what it's called. And I'm believing this, that before this year comes to an end, wonders will take place in your life. Wonders will take place in your life. I feel that in my spirit so strong today, man. I might start just preaching on this as I'm believing for it. Just start preaching on wonders, preaching on wonders. God can do things that make other people wonder. How did that happen? How in the world did that come to pass? It's a wonder. (laughs) It's there to show God's greatness and make others wonder about his greatness. And that's what I'm believing for you and your family. That's what I'm believing for you, your business, what you put your hands to do, the thing he's talking to you to step out and accomplish. It'll be a wonder in Jesus' name. Let me pray, not only for those that are giving, but all those that wrote in with prayer requests today and believe God with you for miracles. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for those that are standing with us, those that are sowing seeds, those that are partnering. I pray in Jesus' name that you would open up the windows of heaven over their house, pour them out a blessing that they don't have room enough to contain in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Lord, that you would do things that are so supernatural, it would be a wonder to them, to those that are looking on, to those that are watching and see what you're doing. Let it be a wonder. (laughs) Your word declares that it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Let your goodness be seen in their lives, in their families, in their jobs. I pray, Lord, no matter what's going on in this world, no matter what's going on in our economy and our government, I pray that that your people would never be affected by the natural realm in Jesus' name. Let us live on that divine system of provision. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. Now, Lord, for those that wrote in with prayer requests, they need healing, family members in the hospital, for my brother that's in a coma right now in the hospital that needs a miracle, I pray that divine virtue would flow through their bodies right now. We send the word to them in Jesus' name. Lord, would you touch them? Make them whole. Bring my brother out of the coma. Take the virus out of his body. Take the pneumonia out of his lungs. Healing virtue in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it ahead of time. We rebuke every attack of the devil. We thank you, Lord, that you're a deliverer in Jesus' mighty name. We, we give you praise and we love you. Amen. Let me, let me repeat this announcement for those of you that may, may have logged on late. The hotel in Allentown moved us into the biggest room, the ballroom. So now, even though we had the, uh, the luncheon was full, if you're a partner, now you can be a part. And listen, if you're just starting in partnership, you're welcome to come and join us. November the 13th and November the 12th is the revival one night. November the 13th, Saturday, is the banquet in Allentown, Pennsylvania at the Renaissance Hotel. It's lunch on us from 12 to 3 p.m. on Saturday the 13th. It's the homecoming weekend for the Victory Tribe, and um, they opened us up. So now that we're in the ballroom, we can have 200 people. So we took down the waiting list, and we put the uh, RSVP back up on the website for those of you that have the link and uh, that are partnered with us. You can sign up. Come be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait uh, to see you. It's going to be so good. And everybody's welcome to the Holy Ghost service on the 12th uh, at Bethlehem. 
Central Assembly of God, seven o'clock Friday night. It's gonna be great. I love you guys so much. I'll be back with you in the morning. Uh, Carolyn's back tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. It's gonna be a powerful day. Have a wonderful one. I love you so much. I'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.